Glory to Jesus Christ, Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish presents Light of the East, a program revealing how the Eastern Catholic Churches have nourished the Roman Catholic Churches and today's world in profound ways through their history, traditions, mysteries, and spirituality. Hello, I am Father Thomas J. Loya, pastor of Annunciation of the Mother of God Byzantine Catholic Church in Homer Glen, Illinois, and this is the story of the Eastern Churches, an inspiring story of faith courage, intrigue, mystery, spirituality, dissension, and reconciliation. But most of all, this is an expression of a great experience of faith through our unique divine liturgy. Join with me now as we look toward the Light of the East. Light of the East is also supported by Eastern Christian Publications, where you can find the prayers of the Catholic Byzantine Daily Office at ecpubs.com and by easternchristianmedia.com, a broadband network for you to learn more about the Eastern Catholic Churches. That's easternchristianmedia.com. Glory to Jesus Christ. Welcome to Light of the East. I'm Father Thomas Loya, your host. And today, before we get into the main message of our program, I kind of have a feeling of giving some shout-outs today, some connecting with some good friends and listeners and at the top of that list, though, I would like to do a shout-out to Ave Maria Radio and also Al Cresta. I was privileged to be at their celebration of 15 years of radio broadcasting, Catholic radio broadcasting for Ave Maria Radio out of Ann Arbor, Michigan. They were, I think, the first, and they've been around for 15 years now. And when they were around, they were one of the few. Now there's, I understand, over 200 Catholic radio networks throughout the country, and hopefully that will be growing and also Al Cresta, who, of course, is their main man there and one of the main men in Catholic broadcasting today. Al Cresta celebrated 25 years of radio broadcasting. So our prayers and congratulations go out to Al Cresta and all those great people at Ave Maria Radio. So from all of us at, here at Light of the East, God bless you. As we say in the Eastern churches, may God grant you many years of peace, health, long life, and happiness. I'd also like to say hello to some of you listeners. In fact, at the Alvin Maria celebration, I ran into one that was, she was very enthusiastic about our program, Light of the East. Her name is Barbara Khalil, Barbara Khalil, out of Bloomfield Hills, Michigan. Barbara, I want to thank you. It was a pleasure meeting you. And thanks for your very, very fine compliments, enthusiasm about our program, Light of the East. So again, Barbara Khalil of Bloomfield Hills, Michigan. A shout out to you and a thanks to you. Also, some of those who have always been listening to us that, we may not be able to always respond to right away, especially those who are most special to us, and that is those of you who are in prison, and especially Nicholas out of Tehachapi, California. I think I said that right. Nicholas out of Tehachapi, California. That's Nicholas G. We'll just leave it at that. Nicholas G. serving some time in prison, and he's an avid listener. We want to thank him and all of you in prison who do write to us from time to time. Like I said, I'm sorry I can't always get back to you, but I do appreciate your letters and above all for listening. And also way out in Seattle, Washington, Abby Simpson. Abby, I'd like to say hello to you. And of course, always one of our stalwarts, Sonia Cavazos in Orindo, California. Sonia, thank you again for listening to us and for all of your kind words and letters. Also, Carlos Coleman from Abanel, Abanel, California. Carlos, thank you for listening. And also, Marie Gray and Anne Gray out of Great Falls, Montana. Great Falls, Montana. And, of course, one of our other stalwarts has been with us since the beginning. Always a great, great friend of ours here at Light of the East, William Radovich. William Radovich out of Monroe Center, Illinois. Kind of a local listener here. And also, George Catherine Norman out of Fremont, California. 
Thank you, Catherine, for your kind letters. And so many of you, we appreciate hearing from you. I appreciate even running into you. When I was at the Albion Maria radio program celebration of their anniversary, I, I was really, really struck by so many of the listeners that came up to me and expressed their appreciation for our program here. So I want to thank all of you, especially those who I mentioned. And once again, Ave Maria Radio and El Cresta. But at the top of the list for us here at Light of the East in terms of friends is our good friend from Saginaw, Michigan, Charles Cook. Charles Cook, we can never thank you enough because you're the one that got it all started for us here at Light of the East. That's right. With our good friend and original producer of Blessed Memory, Art Clifton. He was a good friend of Charles, and Charles introduced us to Art Clifton, who got us up and running here. And then after he passed on, God in his providence did not allow us to lose a beat, lose a step. He provided us with the great gift of our current engineer producer, Armin Chavatari. So once again, Charles, thank you for getting it all started for us. And thank all of you, your friends up there in Saginaw, especially those from the Catholics United for the Faith, the great friends of ours here at Lay of the East. Thank them for us, uh, Charles, especially if they're listening. If they're listening, I'll thank them directly, but you thank them as well, because some of them may not be able to listen today, and you know, you know them more than I do. But above all, thank you, Charles. In addition to acknowledging some of our great friends here at Light of the East, I also want to turn your attention to some great things that are happening, especially if you are in the Ohio area, Canton, Akron, Cleveland area, listening audience in which we are heard on Living Bread Radio. So all of you listeners from Living Bread Radio want to say hello to you and also to the great people there at Living Bread Radio. But if you are listening out of Living Bread Radio in the Ohio area, northern Ohio area, no matter where you are, you can come to these events. But in particular, the northern Ohio area, we have something called a Byzantine Catholic Cultural Center. Now, this is worthy of note for those of you who are interested in experiencing some of the riches of the Byzantine Church, especially locally. The Byzantine Catholic Cultural Center is actually an old church that the parish itself of this church, it was called Holy Ghost Church, it's in the west side, near west side of Cleveland, Ohio, in the famous Tremont area, a very famous historical, unique area of Cleveland called the Tremont area. And Holy Ghost Church was one of the mother churches of the Cleveland area for the Byzantine Catholic Church, or the Ruthenian jurisdiction, of which, of course, I belong to. And over time, the neighborhood went through many changes, demographics changed, and they continue to change there in many interesting ways. And the parish basically dwindled. Most of the membership over time moved out to the outlying parishes that developed that really were the children, the offspring of Holy Ghost Church. Holy Ghost Church is actually kind of the mother church of many Byzantine Catholic churches, especially in the Cleveland area. But because of that, we were very reticent to close that building, or to, and we wondered what we would do with it once the parish no longer existed there because it had dwindled down. But our bishop, Bishop John Kudrick, together with one of our priests, Father Richard Plischka, came up with a concept called the Byzantine Catholic Cultural Center. And what this is, it's, it's taking that existing church, keeping it alive, keeping it open. It's not a parish per se, but there are services there. And there are other activities that come out of that cultural center. And I want to draw your attention to some of those activities. And if you want to find out about them, there's a number of them, number of things going on out of that cultural center. But if you can find out about them, go to this website, bizcathculturalcenter.org. That's bizcathculturalcenter.org, and that's for details. But some of the things that are coming up are, in October, actually, we have a retreat for women called Set the World Ablaze. It's a women's retreat, October 19th to the 21st, 2012. And there's a quote here by Catherine of Siena. If you are what you should be, you will set the world ablaze. Again, it's a retreat for women, and it's being held at the Loyola Retreat House in Clinton, Ohio, which is uh, near the, in the Cleveland area. And 
You can find out about it again by going to bizcathculturalcenter.org. And again, those dates are October 19th to the 21st, 2012, Women's Retreat. That is sponsored by this Byzantine Catholic Cultural Center. There's also an adult Bible study coming up. Now, what's interesting about this one is that you can actually attend these classes by video streaming online, live streaming video online. And again, by going to bizcathculturalcenter.org, bizcathculturalcenter.org. Now, this Bible study is going to be centered on the Gospel of John. It says, to discover life, unwrap and explore John's gospel as a profound preparation for the nativity of Christ. Discover the riches of this gospel for our life. Examine the themes of incarnation, personhood, the most holy trinity, faith, the holy mysteries, and our call to holiness to name a few. Come away with a deeper, more intimate relationship with Christ, for this is the stated purpose of the gospel. And you can find out more about this again by going to bizcathculturalcenter.org. And this Bible study on the Gospel of John, which you can video stream live, this course runs on November 20th to December 18th. It's on Tuesday evenings at the Byzantine Cultural Center in the Tremont area. And it's located at 2420 West 14th Street in Cleveland's historic Tremont neighborhood. Now, it begins about 7.30. The class itself begins about 7.30. Now, if you're in the area, though, each evening begins in church at 6.30 p.m. with the Emmanuel Malevin. It's a prayer service followed by the Bible study and a complimentary appetizers in the center, beginning at 7.30. So the class itself would start about 7.30. And again, that is November 20th to December 18th at the Byzantine Catholic Cultural Center in the Tremont area of Cleveland. And again, you can follow that class. It's taught by Deacon Michael Lee, who was a very, very inspired speaker and presenter. So Deacon Michael Lee will lead you through the Gospel of John. And again, bizcathculturalcenter.org, bizcathculturalcenter.org. So just some of the things that are happening, proud to say out of my church, out of a specific place of my church, the Byzantine Catholic Cultural Center, which is a converted church. Actually, it was used to be a parish, but the building is still there. The church itself, the worship place is still there, and they still use it for worship. It's not a parish anymore, but it has been converted into basically an effort of evangelization, of having different kind of programs and drawing people to the place to learn more about the Byzantine church and to, as a kind of a reach out to the neighborhood, even beyond the neighborhood, as you can see from this video streaming class. So check it out. If you're in the Cleveland area, the Tremont area, it's kind of the near west side of Cleveland. And again, the reference is bizcathculturalcenter.org, bizcathculturalcenter.org. And this is of special interest for those of you who are in the Living Bread listening audience. Okay, so we got some of our announcements and what's happening around town and also some of our shout outs and hellos to all of you. So when we come back, we're going to get into the theme of our program today. I'm Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. Would you like to hear this Light of the East program again? Welcome to Light of the East. I'm Father Thomas Loya. Or hear Father Loya's companion program, A Body of Truth. Just visit the radio page at byzantinecatholic.com. That's byzantinecatholic.com. Or hear it again. Hear it again. Hear it again. Hear it again. For the first time. Light of the East's mission is Christianity's Reunion. And to tell the story of the Eastern Lung of the Catholic Church, we need your support. In order to keep Light of the East on the air, you can make a donation now by going to ByzantineCatholic.com. That's ByzantineCatholic.com. Click on the radio button and then donate securely using any major credit card. With your help, we can keep Light of the East's illumination bright. 
Glory to Jesus Christ. Glory to Him forever. Hello, I am Father Thomas J. Loya with Katie Goulis for an Eastern Christian moment. The difference between what Pope John Paul II referred to as the two lungs of the church, East and West, is something like the difference between men and women. Men and women are both human, but they experience and express that same humanness in complementary ways through a fundamentally masculine perspective and a fundamentally feminine perspective. The Western lung of the church has a great genius for evangelizing, for moving out beyond itself to proclaim the gospel to the world. It is a strong sense of order, noble simplicity, reason, and a fundamentally vertical ecclesiology. The eastern lung of the church, like a beautiful queen, evangelizes by drawing people to herself through an overpowering beauty and mysticism. Church structure in the east is based upon a local ecclesiology. These differences are seen and expressed in the respect of liturgy, spirituality, art, architecture of both lungs of the church, east and west. To find out more about the eastern lung of the church, go to easternchristianmedia.com. You're listening to Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. You're listening to the choirs of Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish under the direction of Timothy Woods in Homer Glen, Illinois. This is the music you hear on Light of the East and is sung during the sacred liturgy at Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish. All we ask is a donation of $15 or more, which includes shipping and handling, to Annunciation Parish for each Theosis CD. Send a check made out to Annunciation Parish at 14610 Wilcook Road, Homer Glen, Illinois, 60491. And may God grant you... Welcome back to Light of the East. I'm Father Thomas Loya, your host. And in the church East and West, this past week, we are celebrating the exaltation of the cross. It's kind of neat whenever we can celebrate the same feast together, East and West. It doesn't always happen. When it happens, it's kind of neat because you also get to see how we celebrate it in different complementary ways. In the East, this is a very big feast very elaborate for us, and also gives us an insight into how in the Eastern spirituality we approach the very idea of the cross and and the crucifixion. And one of the best glimpses into that, of course, is always our liturgical services and also our iconography. Whenever you see an icon of the crucifixion, you'll notice that Christ's body has indications of his wounds, but they're not very bloody. In other words, there isn't a lot of emphasis on the wounds themselves. And his face is such that it looks almost as though, well, almost makes you want to ask the question, is he dead? Is he still alive? Is he just kind of sleeping? He's kind of in almost seemingly an in-between state. And what this is indicating is that this death on his part was not only death. It would not remain just as death, but it gives a hint of a kind of a falling asleep and an entrance into heaven. In other words, it's a hint at our eschatological destiny, just as we'll see it realized in the Mother of God in her feast. We just had a past feast of that, her assumption or her dormition, in other words, her falling asleep in the Lord because she was without sin, and so she passed into eternity, 
gently. It's kind of a, it's why we call it dormition, meaning kind of a, a falling asleep, mystically speaking, and a kind of an entrance into the next life, body and soul together. So Christ's face has indication of that. Always there is the emphasis in the Eastern churches of the ultimate implication, destiny or, or theology, the theological significance of any particular event. There isn't a lot of focus on the actual physicality, although it's there, it's definitely there. But it, it, it's done in such a way, as I mentioned, like Christ's face and his wounds, which are very kind of underplayed on the crucifixion. It's done in a way as to usher our gaze, our mind, our focus beyond what is just the physical and into the theological. In other words, into the meaning of the physicality, of the actual historical event or physical aspects of it. Now, this is a little bit different in the West. The West will emphasize more the physical aspects of it. And again, whenever we compare the two, we always do so in complementary ways. We're not saying one is better than the other. It's just two ways, two sides of the same coin. They're both necessary to communicate the whole of the reality. We need an emphasis on, in fact, the physical suffering. This is God himself who took on human flesh and truly suffered for us in a very visceral, real way. And the West is very good at emphasizing that reality. The East then takes us from that point and kind of ushers us onward to the eschatological, the theological meaning of that physical suffering. So when you kind of put the two together, you get a very complete picture of the whole reality of Christ's crucifixion. So on the cross, we see Christ in kind of a eschatological or theological mode, more than just a physical mode. And the cross during this feast day of the universal exaltation of the cross, and notice emphasis on the word universal, is the emphasis is one of, of triumph. During Holy Week, on Good Friday, a great and holy week, the emphasis is on what's happening basically pretty much there in that moment, that dramatic moment of Christ's death and resurrection, although there is still a theological significance implied in there as well. But primarily in the Byzantine church, the Eastern churches, the focus of the cross on Good Friday is on that narrative, the historical event and its implications. Now, in September, we celebrate what the cross meant since that time, what it has meant through history, what it means for us, what it points to, its ultimate destiny, its ultimate meaning. And in fact, in the celebration of the exaltation of the cross in the Eastern churches, there's basically four themes that we can identify. The first is a constant reference to the vision of the cross seen by the Emperor Constantine in the year 312, shortly before his victory over Maxentius, and that's when he became Christian. Remember, he was a ruler of the Roman Empire, and he moved his empire from Rome to eventually was called Constantinople. Originally, it was Byzantium. He was so impressed by it that he moved the center of the Roman Empire there and named it after himself, Constantinople. Then after this battle, you know, he had seen during the battle the figure of the cross in the sky, and that empowered him to make this victory. And then he became Christian and then allowed Christianity to become the faith, you know, freely expressed and lived in his empire. That's in the year 312 A.D. The second theme that we hear, and we hear all this through the liturgical text of the Byzantine Church during the Feast of the Exaltation of the Cross. The second theme is the Feast of the Exaltation recalls actually the finding of the true cross. That's sort of the main event here by Constantine's mother, St. Helen. And as the news of the discovery spread through the holy city of Jerusalem, vast crowds would gather to venerate the cross. And then the patriarch of Jerusalem, his name was Macarius, St. Macarius, carried the cross into the pulpit, and when he raised it up, all the people bowed to the ground 
And they all began to cry out, Kyrieleison, Kyrieleison, which of course is Greek meaning, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy. And in fact, that, that moment has been incorporated into a significant ritual in the Byzantine church for this feast day of the exaltation of the cross. We'll get to that in a moment. The third theme is the feast commemorates the second great exaltation of the cross at Constantinople. This was in 629 AD. What happened was the true cross had fallen to the hands of the Persians in 614 when they captured the holy city of Jerusalem. But it was eventually recovered by the emperor Heraclius and brought to the capital, Constantinople, where it was triumphantly exalted in the great church of Hagia Sophia. Now, Constantinople is the modern-day Istanbul, which is in Turkey. And the great church there, the greatest church ever created in Christianity, is called Hagia Sophia, which means holy wisdom. Unfortunately, to this very day, it's just a museum. The Muslim Turks had taken it over in the 15th century, turned it into a mosque for a long time. And, but again, over time, it eventually became just a museum. When you enter there, you see and sense the remnant of the great church, the iconography they keep discovering there as they try to kind of unveil the icons that were covered up by the Muslims over time. There's magnificent iconography in there. It's just a magnificent, magnificent church. I had the privilege of visiting there, and the the scale of this church is just something that's almost impossible to describe. It's just so incredibly massive. It was really, really what they call, referred to as the Great Church. And finally, there were allusions to an event which is now more specifically commemorated on September 13th, and that is a dedication of the Church of the Resurrection, which was built by Constantine on the site of the Holy Sepulchre and completed in 335. So we have four themes. And by the way, notice I said the Church of the Resurrection, built by Constantine on the site of the Holy Sepulchre. The Western Church refers to this very same church as the Church of the Holy Sepulchre or the Church of the Holy Cross. In other words, it's interesting how, once again, we see the emphasis of the two complementary lungs of the church, east and west, referring to the same church. The emphasis in the east is on the resurrection. So they call it the church of the resurrection. But it's the same church you hear referred to in other ways as the church of the Holy Sepulchre, the church of the Holy Cross. Now I mentioned there's a very elaborate ceremony for this feast day in the Byzantine church. And it's one that we just had this past week because now we're celebrating the Sunday after the exaltation. So this has a very important post-festive period. And during that ceremony, the priest is vested in dark or red vestments, purple, dark colors. We call it dark, which could mean red, purple, black. And he takes an image of the cross, which is richly decorated. It's on the altar. And he goes in procession while it's being incensed by the deacon. And he goes in procession around the altar through the icon screen into a, a table in the middle of the church called the tetrapod. And while he's there, he will then take that cross, richly decorated cross, raise it up, and he'll do so from the four corners of this tetrapod, this table, representing showing forth of the cross to the four corners of the world, in other words, to the whole world. And as he does, he raises it high, then he bows very low, very slowly, and then stands back up straight very slowly as well. And during this time, as he's doing this very slowly, bowing way down and coming way back up slowly, the choir is responding to a litany that he says by saying, Lord, have mercy 100 times. And they do it for each of the four corners of the tetrapod so that several hundred Lord have mercies while the priest is raising this cross up. And then eventually he puts the cross on the table, he prostrates before it, bows before it, and then the people come up to venerate it as well. The cross is really decorated. We use the color of red 
or as I mentioned, deep colors like reds, purples, blacks, and the vestments. Oftentimes the cross is decorated with flowers that have red colors to them, oftentimes red roses. It smells wonderful, looks wonderful, looks beautiful. (laughs) But the whole theme, the whole theme on this time of the exaltation of the cross is not sorrow, but triumph. The triumph of the cross and what it has done for us, for the world, for our salvation. I want to thank you for listening. I'm Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. Light of the East's mission is Christianity's reunion. And to tell the story of the Eastern lung of the Catholic Church, we need your support. In order to keep Light of the East on the air, you can make a donation now by going to byzantinecatholic.com. That's byzantinecatholic.com. Click on the radio button and then donate securely using any major credit card. With your help, we can keep Light of the East's illumination bright. Would you like to hear this Light of the East program again? Welcome to Light of the East. I'm Father Thomas Loya. Or hear Father Loya's companion program, A Body of Truth. Just visit the radio page at byzantinecatholic.com. That's byzantinecatholic.com. Or hear it again. Hear it again. Hear it again. For the first time. Thank you for listening. Next week, we will return to the light of the East. To find out more about Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish, visit our website, byzantinecatholic.com, where you will also find an archive of all of our programs. In order to continue this program with its mission of Christianity's reunion, we need your support with a donation. Any amount would be a blessing. Please make out a check to Light of the East Radio and send it to Light of the East 14610 Will Cook Road, Homer Glen, Illinois 60491. That's Light of the East 14610 Will Cook Road spelled W-I-L-L-C-O-O-K, Road, Homer Glen, Illinois. From the light of the East, a new dawn of unity is in sight. God bless you, go with God, and may God bless you and grant you many happy years. (laughs) 